0: Uh I'll slowly peel myself away from my Minnesota music binge and come back. Minnesota to the glorious Minnesota. What? Did
1: Minnesota. you know apparently the open cup is like around the city, like today and all weekend?
2: Like the actual trophy you mean? Yeah,
1: like like after the uh after all game on Saturday, the uh the trophy's gonna be at Harris for
0: a while. Yeah, I saw I saw it advertised, but due to my Gambling addiction. I'm not allowed in Harris. Like, your own rule, or they will not allow you in Harris. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to go into too much detail. Somebody saw my penis. They probably shouldn't have, and let's just leave it at that. A little of both.
2: <laughs> it's his rule, mostly by way of their rule.
0: <laughs> we both don't want to see me in jail. Let's put it that way.
2: Alright, we're wasting good jokes and we haven't even inter- introduced the show. Are you yet. at least
0: recording this? Oh, Maybe, yeah, no, it's being put recorded. Put this at the end. No. Okay,
2: good. No no, it's gonna go on because now we're just gonna cold open like this and I'm gonna go TIGEMO! TIGEMO! Pull them up against a rolling shell, show the wall and and toe, watch and fall. slash afternoon, slash whenever you are listening to this, ladies and gentlemen. This is Red and Blue, Hate Yellow. With me, as usual, is Sean McGovern. Yo. And part-time occasional guest, uh, Mike Bashoff.
1: You talk my yo. I always say yo. Take, give me my yo back.
0: Sorry, sorry. Okay. Greetings, people of Earth. There you go. And Mike Bashoff. Hi. Fuck <laughs> you, dude. Oh, man. We're off to a swimming
2: to back. swimming start. Uh, let me get my shit out of the way, because technically this episode is the Philly Union Spectacular. Yay! Everybody
0: watch two grown men masturbate. Um, hey, Mike, cool.
1: you think you can throw in at that point when you add this later?
0: <laughs>
1: <Be> spectacular! <laughs> <laughs> what
0: not?
2: All right. So, we have, we have Open Cup to talk about, which I'm sure will be the highlight of the show, or the majority of this show, considering Philadelphia is competing for, this is, I believe this is the first actual true opportunity for a trophy?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, here's one, two, three, four, five. Okay. Now let's count the years for Red Bull.
0: Really? We're going to do this now. Hey, you
1: invited him on, dude. I'm, 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 yeah. Five,
0: six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Sorry. Did you? 12, get... 13, 14, 15, 16, 17,
1: 18. Woo!
2: I was going to say when he got to eleven and stopped, this is the Philly uh, education system showing uh, off. It was. It was a long time. I had to stop to take a break. Okay.
0: <laughs> so, you're still doing better than me. It's one too many lots, <laughs> more than a few, couple of. That's
2: just boredom, though, on your part or your attention deficit disorder. Um, My
0: apathy knows no.
2: <laughs> that was solid. I will give you full credit to that. Either you died or it was an amazing <laughs> joke. Either way, it works. <laughs> so, um. I would just like to reiterate that Philly, New York is not a real rivalry. And I'll tell you why, folks. Because last night, um, we saved doing the show till Thursday night, so the DC uh, Red Bull game would have happened. It just gives more time where I can just focus, where I can at least divert a little attention towards Philly instead of talking about Red Bull this entire show, since they are competing for a trophy. <sighs> But, uh, yeah, last night was uh, the real reason uh, Red Bull and D.C. will be the, you know, it's always going to be the solid rivalry. Those teams don't like each other. Uh, Charlie Day gets upset when calls go against his team. I can't be the only one who thinks Ben Olsen sounds like Charlie Day when he starts ranting, right? Huh? A little bit. A little bit? Come on. Come on. When he started saying, you know, this is a circus, I was just waiting for Rock Flag Eagle. Like, it's Actually, if somebody could get Ben Olsen to sing Rock Flag Eagle for me, it would make my day.
0: Make this happen, Internet.
2: Sean doesn't know because he doesn't watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia.
0: That would involve me turning on my TV for things other than chainsaw deaths.
2: I'm I'm telling you,
0: Charlie Day from It's Always
2: Sunny in Philadelphia and Ben Olsen are the same person.
0: It just happens
2: one lives in D.C. and one lives in Philly. I'm telling you, same person. It's the same exact person. But, uh, yeah, Ben Lawson lost his shit on national television. Dropped the F-bomb a couple of times within shouting distance of an ESPN microphone. Not
1: bad as, was it, Will Johnson in Portland, though? Yes. For that non-call. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm trying to think about that game, and I can't remember it. That was
1: when he was, he was like, slapping his arm real hard and then did the... Jumping down, stomping both legs at once, swinging his arm backwards a bunch of times, right in the
0: ref space. If you can imagine somebody, like...
2: Wait, this was also again, right? The they're, they're, we're talking the, the Portland-DC the Portland game, right? Uh, I don't know if it was against DC, but, yeah.
0: Huh.
2: Over the weekend? Oh, wait, over this weekend. Uh, yes. No, no. Oh, I don't know. No, no, no. It, last night, I'll tell you what, it was awesome. when uh, the First, when the red card happens, and people are going to claim it's not a red card, you know. It's, it's, uh, the best description I've seen of it is was it was an orange card, and from Geiger's perspective, it turned into red. It was borderline either way. Spindle came up high. He showed studs before he got to McCarty. He does get a little bit of the ball, but he also impacts on McCarty's chest, not with the studs, with the side of his foot. Hard enough where McCarty goes down. And, you know, from Geiger's point of view, it looked like he came studs up into the chest. It's always oh, it, it, The endangerment rule in soccer now states if you put an opponent in danger, regardless of if you're playing the ball or not, you're going to be sent off for it. And so Geiger did what he thought was right at the time, you know, it – it's borderline. I will say that much. I, of course, I'm always going to claim it should have been With, red. I'm a hey, red fan. I, mean, I when I saw it happen live, I
1: thought it was red right away.
2: And um, I so and that's what and Geiger's there, and he had a poor angle on it. He didn't even have the TV you angle. Can't so. talk, complain again about it because as a DC fan, because it, watching it live, anybody would go,
1: "Ooh, yeah, it's red." Yeah. But you, know? so you see the replay, that you go, you know what it is.
2: Yeah, and, and that's just it. We we have the benefit of replay now, and, and will a spindle as red card get rescinded? It's a possibility. I don't know. It depends on what the disciplinary committee thinks. If they think it was enough to you know put McCarty in danger, they're probably not going to rescind it. He's probably going to sit out an extra game for it, which is going to hurt DC a little bit. But you know, that's sometimes shit goes against you.
1: See a lot because even if they lose the next game that he's out, Kansas is going to lose three more. So it's that they're
2: they're not in much of a... No. Well, yeah, that's true, too, because Kansas City's backline is absolutely horrendous right now. There's no communication. There's frustration. They are finger-pointing. Their backline is in tatters right now. And what's crazy is they may have one of the best backlines in uh, Major League Soccer right now. I love their backline. When their backline's functioning, it is one of the strongest backlines. When it doesn't function, it looks ugly. I mean, it, it, you've got Bessler and, um, and Colin on Kansas City who look like they've never played a game together. Just the inexplicable back passes and just different things that they're getting caught on. I just don't I don't know with Kansas City. So you're probably right. Kansas City probably going to drop a couple more points. And, uh,
1: one of my other Twitter friends besides the two of you, um, Ben Maloon, he's one of the uh, Cauldron drummers. He's actually going to be crashing here for the weekend of their game here in October. Mm-hmm. And my phone has been blowing up from him complaining about them the last couple of weeks. Um, my
2: so, brother, my def- brother, oh, no, go ahead, Mike. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: They're definitely very upset. I mean, was, they just got good like two years ago. You would think they would be used to fucking still, you know, like they won one MLS Cup and they act like they're like, Manchester United fans who are never supposed to lose, ever. And you know how long, you know, quote-unquote, dynasties last in MLS. Like, they, you know,
2: they've been good the last
1: couple of years, but that goes away very, very quickly.
2: The closest thing I think that we've had to a day, I don't like the, the word dynasty in a lot of American sports, um, especially now because of how salary caps work, and just the parity that tends to exist in American sports. I don't like using that term. But I think the closest we've seen an MLS of it coming close to happening is maybe L.A. for a three- or four-year stretch. Um, but otherwise, Dynasty isn't I, – I don't know if that's actually a thing in MLS. But uh, with Kansas City, it's crazy. And, and you say you have a, a friend who's a Kansas, you know, a drummer for the Cauldron, uh, my brother's best friend. Um, they went to college together. He lives out in Kansas now. And he became a, a Kansas City fan when he moved out there, and you know, just watching on TV and stuff, and it was close to where he lived. But he, uh, he, we, I, we get some shots back and forth before a Kansas City game or after, and you know, I just sh- shot him a couple of you know snarky, snarky messages, and then he shot me back, and he goes, "Man, it's just our backline, and it, there's some frustration. He doesn't want to. I mean." Before the Red Bull game against uh, with Kansas City, they had, I guess, given up, I think it was nine goals in three games. Not a good stat, but, you know, the thing about Kansas City is they may be in a really bad doldrum right now and probably will drop a couple more games before we get to the playoffs, but I think that makes them more dangerous for the playoffs because that's when it snaps back together. They're in the position that they can
1: and not worry about losing the playoffs. spot here they do have that cushion. Yep. That's, that's one thing I'm worried about the Union right now is, yes, we're on a good spell, but there is still enough games where we could lose that and not have the ability to snap back in the playoff because we would miss out on them completely. But yeah. That's the fan in me that is never going to think positively ever. So, yeah.
2: Well, let me finish uh, just with, with the Red Bull and then I'll get into the implications that it actually has for this weekend's match. Uh, The Red Bull game, you know, last night when the red card happens, Ben Olsen, again, hilarious how much he went off. I mean, he was screaming at the fourth official going, how did he put it, all game or since since the start, since the start, he's been having a fucking laugh. And, I mean, he's doing it in front of cameras where you can, like, perfectly read what he's saying. And then at the halftime called it a circus, said, you know, that it was a game of soccer up until the 30th minute, and now it's just a circus, and they were going to, dig in and try to try to salvage a point out of it because they didn't think that they could beat New York at that point which is probably true. I mean, Espindola and Silva were their best chances for what their game plan is. They came in they were they were bunkering before the red card and looking to counter. And having two strikers gives you that ability. When you lose one of those strikers, makes it a lot harder. And they came out in the second half, Silva was still in the game at that point and they put all ten men behind the ball. I mean, there was long sections where Red Bull just had it in the attacking third. And they basically created, you know, they parked the proverbial bus, and I think it was at, like, the 55th minute, maybe 53rd. They pulled Silva out of the game to put in another player. I mean, they they had – DC at that point, once that red card happened, had no intention of really going on a counter or trying to win – They wanted to get away with the 0-0 draw. They were going to trust, you know, the bus and Bill Hamid to do it. And I'll tell you what, uh, Hamid put in some work in that game, and it it was almost a shame. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love seeing Bill Hamid get burned and pouty Bill Hamid face. I love seeing Olsen go off at the end. I mean, there's a great gif running around today of uh, just Olsen screaming, fuck, when the goal goes in. I mean, he turns around, looks up in the air, shakes both arms down and screams fuck at the top of his lungs and then goes after the ref again afterwards. I mean, he was just livid and part of me loves it. Absolutely loves it. I don't care if it's, you know, even if you're going to say it's a pork call and maybe don't care. Love it because it just, oh, it's one of those games where DC fans are going to whine, whine, whine. Red Bull fans are going to be, you know, regardless of how poorly that 90 minutes looked for a while because, you know, we were playing a man up and having trouble breaking down the bus and getting through it. No, that it it was just, it was one of those, it's going to go down as one of those classic RBNY DC games where, you know, people are going to remember that game and people are going to be upset about that game from the DC side. New York fans are just going to write it off and, you know, talk about, you know, DC tears tasting great. And it's that solidifying, unfortunately, Philly and New York hasn't had one of those, like, for the most part, none of those games have kind of ever really, the closest I think we had to it is when uh, um, Freddie Adu got the second yellow in the first half of the game um, for, I forget what it was, and that was down in Philly, and that was our first win in Philly. I think that was the closest it's ever felt to. But with the win yesterday, it puts New York back up now that we're even on games, puts us back up into fourth place ahead of Columbus and Philly. It knocks Philly out of the playoffs right now, and it puts a lot of emphasis on this weekend where Philly's got an interesting choice to make because they beat New York. It's a swing game. It puts them back up into a playoff spot. But how much are they willing to risk at this point this weekend to try to make up that game here against New York, knowing full well that the Open Cup game is on Tuesday? Oh my goodness, I've stunned both of them.
0: No, I'm just waiting for you to finish. No, that yeah. would. I, well, I mean, this is a great lead, in, it's a wonderful Bond movie moment. Okay. I'm
2: actually finished. I want to know from you. Hold
0: on, wait—it's a call from the head office.
2: That's <laughs> Philly to talk game plan with Sean McGovern. What you don't know is they clear all roster moves with Sean. So anytime Philly goes on, it the short. first half of the season. <laughs> <laughs> so Philly's been on a win streak lately. They've done really well to put themselves in solid position after kind of a slow start to the season. Do they go for it on Saturday? Do they come out and play? play the Red Bulls as hard as they can to try to get back up into the playoff spot against the team that they consider to be one of their biggest rivals.
1: we will play hard for about 45 minutes. And, if it's, and then if it's drawn, they'll sit back. And then, as DC did, just play for the draw. But, you know, we'll be even men, but still, that's kind of what we want. But I, 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 I think that the rivalry does mean enough to these guys that they will go for three points, at least for a while. And then, you know, if it goes either way, then all right. But they're not worried about it too much after the first half. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. What, as Philly fans, do you want to see out of the New York game? Do you want to see them go, like, for the full 90? Or do you just kind of want to see them get through it, hope for no injuries, try not to get tired out, and put all the effort in against Seattle on Tuesday?
1: I wouldn't play... Uh, Casey, I think you're okay playing the two because he could run ninety. He could run an hour and a half mm-hmm. on Monday and then run another hour and a half on Tuesday. But um, I would start guys like Brown, Ribeiro, um, like the you know the guys that are still trying to prove themselves in the league because they are talented. But it, you might look at it as a weaker lineup. But they guys like Ethan White, where it's you know they they are capable of starting, but it's just there's a better option there. So even that, I don't think anybody can really argue with just because it's um, younger West.
0: Not the core,
1: you know, veterans.
0: Sean? I told you, for me, the season all hinges against Seattle. I mean, I... I, I... As much and Mike, feel free to call me Judas if you want. I don't give a damn about the playoffs right now. I really don't. I I'm totally just focused on Tuesday, so I'm fine with them. You know, play the younger side, try to pull out a draw. But every everything it has to be about Tuesday.
1: Yeah, which exactly my point as to why I said play guys like Brown and.
0: Well, yeah, but, I mean, I, 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 I'm I, fine with the idea of even sitting out two. Uh, maybe play him for an hour. Put out Danny Cruz. <laughs> Let Danny Cruz have a game to shine. I will take 90 minutes of Danny
2: Cruz. I will take 90 minutes of Danny Cruz. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Because, well, no, I mean, it's like, Wenger's doing great right now. You know, I, I, I want to see... I want to see the team that pretty much controlled Toronto, and yeah, I know it's Toronto, but the team that controlled Toronto, I want to see them firing on all cylinders, and I wanna and I want to beat Seattle. So no, I mean, it's, you know me, I, I really don't give a good goddamn about this game, man. And we've talked about this, you know, in previous shows. It's it's a practice run at best, for Tuesday.
2: New York is actually in a similar situation right now, because we actually have our Champions League matchup against the stronger of our two Champions League opponents in, in the group stage. Uh, we have to go and play, I believe it's a home game next Wednesday. We play Montreal on Wednesday, so...
0: Oh, given... yes, that's such that is such a daunting task for you. Well, it's... In the team of the league, and you're away. Oh, that's a shame.
2: Well, here's the thing with Montreal, though. Montreal has already played two of their their games, and they played against the weaker um, the, the team. Oh, I can't think of who the, the third team is, And uh, but they're not a strong, strong team right now. And Montreal's leading on points. A loss to Montreal actually really kind of hurts New York in the Champions League. And Montreal has played well. In the Champions League so far, so Montreal could be putting all of their eggs into the Champions League bucket, where it leaves New York in the precarious situation of they're not really they haven't. See, Philly can put their like the they've gone open cup route this season where that's what they focused on, and because the slow start to the start of their season. Open Cup became an avenue. Now, yeah, they're still in a playoff contention spot. Could happen, could not happen. But they've made it to the Open Cup final, so therefore that becomes priority numero uno. Get that done, and, you know, the season, no matter what happens after that, fans aren't going to look at the season poorly. So, Uh,
0: well... You're underestimating Philadelphia sports fans there. Fair enough.
2: Um... I think, I think your hardcore soccer fans in Philadelphia are going to be fine with it. Because I think your hardcore soccer fans understand the history to the cup. They understand that a Champions League spot comes with it. Or, and
0: and how the season started. Yeah. Like, I, all the, the Fakaka things that happened.
2: I think maybe your Philly casuals, you, you know, the ones that most likely aren't going to show up on Tuesday just because it's a midweek game for an Open Cup and, you know, it's a, it's the amateur tournament. it's I think those ones might be upset that they're winning, they're going all in on this tournament, maybe. But, I don't know, it, you know, trophy's trophy at the end of the season. And, and to win the most historical soccer trophy in the United States, I mean, that's not – I think your hardcore fans are going to be completely fine with that, even if they don't make the playoffs. I mean – the past three seasons, you haven't made past three seasons, right? You haven't, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you haven't made the playoffs. So this season, you know, it, what's going to change if you don't make the playoffs? It, well, if you win the Open Cup, it's already better than the last three because you didn't have an Open Cup those last three seasons. Last spot,
1: we got knocked out in two three games against Houston. In that one year, we
2: did make the playoffs. Mm-hmm.
1: It would be the most successful season in the team's short history. So, yeah.
2: And so I, I don't think your hardcore fans are going to be upset with that decision. I think that, I think they would appreciate. You know, I don't think they're going to be upset if like, like you guys aren't. You you've both said play for the draw. If you get the draw, that's great. If it's a loss, it's not the end of the world. It just you know it doesn't even knock us out of the playoffs. There's
1: still very winnable games. Oh yeah. After like that, we
0: can. Well, play Houston's play right ball. after that for regular season. Or then we
1: have away. We, we really play well against D.C. a little more away. And then we have um, Columbus twice. Um, like a struggling Kansas City second last game of the year. I don't know if they'll be struggling by then, but you know they might not even need uh, a win at that point either. It's the other thing is that they do turn it around. So, a loss this weekend, as much as I hate to say it, is not the end of the world. But I mean, we have the 3-1 already this year, so, you
0: know, we got the,
1: you know, the...
0: We got the blood we needed. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> much. And, no, dude, I mean, your road from here on out ain't, you know, the smoothest thing, because right after Montreal, you've got Seattle.
2: Yeah, no, we... we The fans and, have been calling yeah, this past... Yeah, there's going to be a lot of
1: Seattle fans in that game, too. Because yeah. most people that are going to the Open Cup are staying in Philly or New York, and then going to Red Bull the the weekend.
2: Yeah, and what happens is we've been called – not myself, but I I say we as like a general group. A lot of fans have been calling this stretch since starting with the Kansas City. You know, this this is the hardest stretch of the season. You have Kansas City at home, Kansas City at the – you know, up until maybe what, you know, the two or three games before that had been playing really well, so it looked really brutal. You know, we get the points there. You got D.C. who's played us tough all season, and they're gonna always play us tough no matter what their season looks like. But they've been contending for first spot in the league. I mean, that was a tough game. You know, we we get away with that. We've got Montreal in a Champions League game midweek, and then we turn around and you've got you got to play Seattle. It's it's a little tough. It's a little tough stretch of road. And it, but you know, that's. It, that's we've known that with Red Bull it was never going to ever since the way the season started it was never going to be an easy it was always going to
0: end this way
2: well I don't know if that but it was never going to be easy for us to you know go on this run and make sure that we everything's going to be a struggle they're going to have to fight for their playoff spot now and if they do make it you know then we'll see what goes on from there I think for us actually I think you know it I think we need to try to get the win in Philly. I think we need to attack a team that might, you know, is going to be, unfortunately, I don't want to say definitely, but almost definitely, you know, the Philly team's going to be looking ahead to Tuesday. They are. It's going to be, it's one of those things where it is almost impossible to, to with the short turnaround and rest where you're really going to be able to focus on New York because everybody's thinking open cup right now. I mean, Mike said it before the show, you know, the, the, the Lamar Hunt trophy is in Philadelphia. The players know it's there. They, you know, they, they're hosting an open cup. It's, you, that's what they're going to be looking for. Yeah. New York's in the middle and we're going to have a game on Saturday, you know, the, the usual rivalry game. And it hasn't been friendly to us the past two times we've went down there, but you know, it, it, I think New York's got to try to get points to solidify themselves a little bit because Seattle's going to be a very tough game. I know Seattle's going to be a little bit tired staying on the um, – what's the Seattle team doing? Are they flying back and forth? Uh, I don't believe so.
1: They're staying.
2: They're staying. <laughs> so-
1: <laughs> At when we played Houston uh, – or Dallas-Houston Open Cup in then MLS, I'm pretty sure they stayed. Same mm-hmm. They tried right earlier in the season, they did – over the stretch of two weekends, they played Chivas and then L.A. in L.A., and they stayed for almost two full weeks. Yeah. So I would assume that Seattle would stay as
2: well. I, I would think so because Seattle's really going to kill themselves going back and forth. I mean, that that almost puts the, the New York game where they can't even expect to get points at that point if they travel in between. Um, it's a lot of travel. It's just going to be uh, – that's the type of thing that could really hurt their chances. And, and Seattle's a tough team right now. Yeah. Um, they're playing very well, and I don't think they're going to hurt their chances by doing something stupid like traveling twice, you know, to make the same trip twice in, in the span of four days. So I would imagine that, you know, they're, they're going to be either staying in Philly or New York or somewhere in Jersey, getting their practice at a college campus, and then coming to take us on. Um, So let's, uh, let's go with predictions for the Philly-New York game.
0: Mike, you want to start, man? Because sure. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. I mean, I can go if you want. Um, go first. One 1-1. One. One, one. Yeah, and if you want me to do call shots, Philly scores first blood in the thirtieth minute. New York ties it up in the fiftieth. Okay, okay,
2: that's acceptable. Um, what do you think, Mike? Can I-
1: Two, one, what I actually think is going to happen, and one, what I'd be okay with happening.
2: hmm. Okay. Yeah.
1: One, nothing, Union. They'll score, they'll, they'll score early, and then hunker down. But then, I, I think of nothing, nothing, or one, one is more likely.
2: Yeah, okay.
1: But I just, I see, like you said, New York knows Union have the game upcoming, and
2: Oh, did Mike just cut out?
1: And they if they could get one, and then just sit back um, and you know not be a man down like New York was, and actually be able to pull it out, mm-hmm. I would. I I could definitely see that happening. Definitely not out of their own possibility.
2: Gotcha. Um, the thing actually, I, I, Henri's been playing a little bit more revitalized. I think a lot of the game hinges on. On how Pecky comes out formation-wise, and I had this conversation, I had this on the last podcast when we talked about attacking formations in the 4-3-3 that he'd run. Um, It really depends on on where Cahill plays or if Cahill starts. Right now, I was talking with somebody on Twitter, I'm finding it harder and harder to find a spot for Cahill on this current team because... Whenever Pecky utilizes him, he puts him in as the center midfielder, and I don't think that's Cahill's strong suit. And everybody's been looking at him and saying, well, he's disinterested, he wants to go to Australia, or he wants to go back to England. You know, I don't even know if that's the case, because you watch when he plays for Australia, and he usually plays as a forward for them. He's attacking, he's he's scoring goals, and I don't think it's just because he's playing for his club or his country at that point, which he takes a lot of pride in, and I think he gets up for those games. But I think it's just that, you know, it, with New York, he has been put in a place where he's trying to create for other people, and it's not his strong suit. And I think that's why when you've seen Peggy Lulandula come in for him a lot of times, Peggy takes advantages, advantage of that situation because Peggy is probably the second best creator on the team for setting up somebody else's opportunities next to Henri. Um, so I think a lot of what goes on in Philly depends on what, it, it, you know, what kind of risk Pecky's going to take with it. Is he going to put in attacking formation out there? I know a lot of coaches don't like to on the road. They want to play a little bit more defensively, but I said this. Counterattack. Yeah.
1: We want to be that what we're pushing, where, they, where what, exactly what I said could happen. They push you hard too early. You can get a break, go up one nothing, and then say, oh, hey, we can sit back, and we're likely always going to get a draw out of this, even if New York scores again. So yeah, and it's so.
0: good. It, and when you can Well, sit. I mean, I, I don't want this to, not to be, like, totally, like, cynical, but knowing how Philadelphia games, Philadelphia-New York games tend to go, uh, this could be a 10-minute game. I mean, it very easily could become a 10-minute game.
2: No, I think that's happened in a lot of our games where one team, and, you know, either the teams are very even for a lot of the game, like we've seen in New York where um, – where Philly's played really strongly, playing defensively for for an entire game, and you get that 10-minute segment towards the end of the game where New York starts creating creating their chances, and somebody falls asleep on the back line and finds Henri or something, you know, in, in a New York player. or
0: first 10 minutes where New York is caught napping, It's caught so napping,
2: shit together, and, and Philly goes up, goes
0: up one, goes up two, yep, you know, which
1: well, that's kind of. That's kinda of where I got my one nothing
0: prediction from. Yeah, that, that well the more when you mentioned that I was like, Oh shit, yeah. It's the a ten minute theory.
2: <laughs> and it and it is very true with these games. And I, I, mean, I that's not even just the Union Red Bull games. That's
0: the Union a lot this season. It's yeah, alarm. even just Saturday we'll against Toronto. S- Saturday against Toronto where Casey got it in like what, the eighth minute? Uh yeah. Yeah, I mean and Casey's been pretty sound for that this season where, you know, he'll within the opening 10 minutes of the of the match yeah he'll just hop on it sink one to the back of the net and then you know how the rest of the game is going to go you and know, so. the,
2: and the thing with New York is when Philly plays defensively and if Philly gets up that goal and they're going to park that bus Philly becomes a very hard team to break down because Philly is exploitable when the game is a little bit more wide open
1: they could they could then I'm assuming they would have, for New York at least, I think they're gonna have Valdez White as the back too. Mm-hmm. If they get that yeah. goal they could sub out someone offensively, push Adu back into central defense, and then have, you know, like, uh, the Kugo or whatever, like, you know, put, play in the midfield more, and then you have a Valdez Adu central back, parrot. and mm-hmm. you're not getting past that if they, you know, they're on their game.
2: Well, not, not even if they're on their game, but you are going Philly's going to give them help at that point. They're going to start parking that bus, midfielders are going to start dropping back, and it's, it's going to be the D.C. situation again. I mean, D.C. did the same thing after the red card. They parked all ten men. And New York has struggled this season when trying to figure out a team that's going to play just defensively and go on the counter. It's, it's hard for them. They want a team that's going to come at them a little bit, attack them, and New York's going to want to get... If
1: we're not up a goal. They don't play that game anyway.
2: Yeah, and it, it, it has made it harder on New York this season. I mean, e- even with our our game in RBA, which we won. We did win that, right, this year? I'm, I'm thinking, did. yeah, won nothing. And it was towards the end of the game where we scored it, and it was a simple falling asleep mistake that happens towards the end when, you know, the the, the game's a little stretched, where both teams are kind of testing. the. the at that point, both teams saw it you know, oh, you might be able to salvage three out of this. And Philly got caught napping a little bit. But in that game in Philadelphia, that game, New York was struggling to figure out how to break them down defensively. And then once one goal happened, it became a little bit worse, you know. And then once the second one, it became, well, shit, this is never going to happen. We grab that one goal back, and then, you know, Philly scores immediately. And it's all game over because you know that – the most you could have gotten was two goals with how Philly plays defensively. It's They clog the midfield. They make it hard. for two goals on them. So mm-hmm. it, I, I can't remember the last time it happened, Like which is weird to say,
1: but I really cannot remember the last time someone scored more than two on was I mean, even San Jose, they only scored two, but then we scored four. So that was just one of those shootout kind of games. Mm-hmm. So- I was- we have to look it up to um, see the last time that someone put a
2: three on. Yeah, um, I'm going to say this. I am actually going to say one nothing New York, and the goal either coming via Henri getting a goal because he loves to get his goals, and he's he's had he's played really well in the the past two games. Uh, his game against Kansas City, I mean, his goal against Kansas City is most likely going to win goal of the week. For last week, it was up 48% to 25% was the next closest, uh, closest voting. Um, and, you know, just creating that moment of space and hitting a wonder strike, he, it, he's really good at that. I mean, you don't need to give him much room. And, I mean, you can blanket him all you want, but eventually, uh, Henri Shawn has said in the back, he's not playing lackadaisical, he's
0: picking his spot. And, uh, Mike? Yeah. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but it was July twelfth against Colorado. They got three, we got three. Cool. Okay, so mid July, yeah. Yeah.
2: Again, so. <laughs> and it, so. And and this <laughs> is why I've talked about in the past with Philadelphia. It, I don't understand the move for a goalkeeper because it's never been Philadelphia's problem.
1: And if you were going to get a goalkeeper, you should have you should have sold McMath or Blake immediately after mm-hmm. or immediately before. Because at this point, yes, McMath will have a lot of. It's obviously McMath that they're trying to get rid of. But, yes, he will have a lot of sellability. I'm making up the word right now. <laughs> uh,
0: Sales appeal. How's
1: Yeah, he will have a lot of appeal. But, you know, teams are going to be like, well, we don't have to give you as much because, you know, you got the two international players on your roster as well. But, I mean, I, maybe there's something already lined up, like a loan or something that we don't know about what I'm praying for, because, you know, over to maybe over to England, um, but who knows.
2: Yeah, I'm not I'm not really sure on that, but, you know, Philly's problem, again, and, and the goals that they do give up, it's never, it, I always feel like when I'm watching the highlights from a game, it's never on the goalkeeper. It's always a really bad defensive mistake or a really bad giveaway in the midfield. I
0: wouldn't say always, but damn near always.
2: It, this season, it's been really hard to find that moment where you're like, uh, oh, yeah, especially with uh, McMath, where you were like, oh, yep, McMath just being McMath. Because, again, I think a lot of those goals have come from, you know, just really either bad giveaways or a really bad ball-watching moment where, you know. But uh I'm, I'm going to say one nothing. I think Henry either gets it or Bradley Wright Phillips finds another one. Yeah, uh, I have
1: no argument against that.
2: Either because
1: that's entirely
2: possible, you know. It,
0: My but, money is actually behind Bradley Ray Phillips.
2: Ray Phillips has been kind of a strange case right now. I mean, he has he had the goal against Kansas City. Um, he had created the opportunity and
1: goal uh, in a
2: game earlier this year too. Yeah. yeah. But it's he's been in a weird spot the past couple of games because the shots he's taking, his goal came on a penalty against Kansas City. But the shots he's taken, I don't know if he's in his head a little bit right now because he hasn't found a goal in the run of play, I think, four matches. Certainly against D.C., it looked like he was in his own head a little bit, um, where he had opportunities and seemed to pick the wrong shot each time.
0: And then they took him out super early for a New York game.
2: Um, It was – that was – he had tightness in his hamstring. There was a – he had done a – he had pulled a spin-around move and taken a quick shot that went just wide in the first half and immediately started stretching. And I think they were just nervous about tightness in the hamstring. I think they want him ready for Philadelphia, and if he's not ready for Philadelphia, they certainly want him for Wednesday against Montreal. So, I, I don't think that was anything well, besides precautionary. Against Philly,
1: or maybe have him in a limited role, like a uh, like a up.
2: Yeah, I, I could see that. I that that's going to leave an interesting thing because. That was one thing that was really weird about the D.C. last night was when uh, they pulled him out. They put in C.R. Sen. Sen's been kind of solid with what limited time he's seen. But they put Sen out on the left and moved Henri centrally, which I thought Henri should have just stayed where he was because I think Sen is a better central player. And then I... You know, it was just kind of, it was, it was super strange how they, they did that. I think I, I love Henri out on the left, coming in from that left side. It's where I think he's the most dangerous. It, so, I, I thought that was kind of strange with sitting, seeing Sen, you know, so far out to the left and Henri sitting centrally. You know, I never would say this, but you know, I will come in from the left, Andrew Wenger. Really? I, I haven't really gotten to watch a lot of Philly. Has he been that, that solid on the left wing?
1: On, yeah, all of his goals have come from the left wing. Mm-hmm. He is not a forward. He is a, he is a winger and they've had him on the left wing and all of his goals and assists are out of that moment. Well, not all, but out of that position where he is coming in.
0: Um,
1: you know, Curtin said it in an interview with uh, one of the podcasts, uh, uh, I forget which one said, you know, they, they were talking and said that he, he's not the guy that's going to go up against two big bulky MLS central defenders and win that battle. But mm-hmm. if he, if he's coming in from on the left, somebody one-on-one, he's way more likely to, to you know, get past him than he has since and, and, and he's been out in that role. So, you know, that's helped a lot with his – him just gaining confidence as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Which is good because, I mean, it, when they first made that trade for uh, Mac and Ernie for uh, Wanger, it just – it did not – seem at first like that was a good move for either team, oh. like with how they had played. It, it was, you know, it, Winger had that it, one goal.
1: I understood it, but it was like, why? You know, it, it's...
0: It, I don't know. It wasn't yeah. quite three goalies, but it was still like, huh? Yeah.
2: Well, it was a like-for-like trade. They're kind of very similar players in a certain sense, but it, it wasn't changing any sort of dynamic besides maybe even Maybe just giving the both of them a fresh, a fresh start in okay. a new place.
1: A room issues with, with uh, McInerney apparently. Um, yeah, they both needed a fresh start. And what made it seem like it was bad for the Union was he scored like a couple goals pretty quickly with Montreal, and then just hasn't done anything since. Hunger mm-hmm. has gotten better and better, so. I mean, if you're going on this half of the season that's passed, and then you could say Union won that trade, but it's still way too early to tell.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, well, that was like when uh, we traded uh, McCarty for uh, um, and got rid of Dwayne De Rosario, and De Rosario went on to win uh, the MVP for the season that year with the, with how he played in DC, and everybody was treating McCarty as a bust, and then the next season, uh, De Rosario does absolutely nothing. And McCarty becomes one of the, you know, New York Red Bull heroes and, and basically has a phenomenal season as a defensive midfielder. So, you know, trades are hard, but I, to be honest with you, um, I don't know if Montreal is a good place for anybody. So, I mean, I would, I would actually assume that Wanger's probably going to get the better end of that deal and we're going to see more out of him. Um, let's get into Tuesday night. It's a big game, I guess. I mean, that's what I'm told. It's, uh. You
0: know, oh, dude, come on. That's what
2: I'm told. It's an Open Cup Championship or something stupid. In there. And, and Philadelphia. I'm not really rooting for either team. I, I kind of wish. No? Huh? Are you going to come? I'm not. I'm not. It's a work I'm... night. I just uh, did. I want
1: a tweet. You should.
2: I wish. It would be great. And actually, like, it, you have no
1: football game this weekend.
0: You got
2: to. No, I, I wish I could. I, I, I would like to go just to, to watch an Open Cup championship, not really root for anybody. And I, I told Sean before, you know, if I was going to come down, it would be just to, you know, come down and watch as a neutral. Sean thought I was rooting for a stadium collapse, but that doesn't make sense because I'd be in the stadium at that point. Um, it would be kind of cool. Hey, cold. I don't
0: know how your life's going. <laughs>
2: Fair enough. I, it would be cool to go down and watch because it, it is a historical cup. It's the longest running championship for you know soccer in, in North America, and it, it's and a,
0: you g- might get to see me getting a fistfight with Drew Carey. It's American sports, actually. It's it's the, it's the oldest annually awarded
1: trophy.
2: It is the oldest. See, I wasn't sure if football had. And, I guess you nope, know, well, no, it, it doesn't.
1: Only you know, awarded trophy.
2: Huh. You know, and so so. You know, oldest sports trophy in American history right now, and uh, it's uh, it's a cool thing. I, I I love that aspect of it. I love the history. I love the fact that you know it starts with a bunch of teams that nobody in their right mind usually follows or even has even heard of because you know they're local teams. They're 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 teams that are uh, playing in front of you know if they're lucky five hundred people on a weekend. Or Cosmos. Well, you know the Cosmos took it very seriously. Um, I think the Cosmos took it seriously only because there was a Champions League spot to go along with it. And I think that's why a lot of their friends or their fans wanted it and that's why when the whole Philly kerfuffle happened, it it that's the biggest complaint I saw that they were screwed out of a Champions League spot.
1: They fought hard but that game could have gone I, wanna, I, I we talked about that already, it's fine.
2: Yeah. So cry
1: well, uh, about it in New York.
2: <laughs> so it's a tough opponent this for for this. I mean, this is by no means going to be a walk in you know the park for Philadelphia. They've got to uh, play the Seattle Sounders, who are on a care, have won this tournament three three times. I think it's three times.
1: Yeah, and they've been in the finals four times.
2: Yeah. So. You know, Clint Dempsey has had a pretty solid season after looking like last year where he was struggling to get reacclimated to the league. Um, how are you guys feeling about it? I mean, it, it's, in both ways. It, it has, has it set in that it's going to be, you know, it, it. I mean, this is our version of the FA Cup.
1: I am saying the... Philadelphia fan and just go in with the assumption that we're going to lose. <laughs> and if it doesn't happen that way, then yay. But I, I cannot, especially if it was, if I hadn't seen this team go through these good runs and then just flop miserably and not make the playoffs and not do anything. Like mm-hmm. if the, even if this team, much less the rest of Philadelphia sports had not done that, I'd be a little more confident, but like I'm, I'm confident. I know they can win this game. I, I would not doubt in my mind. They can win this game. It's just they need to show up. If they show up, they have, you know, a better chance than anyone. But it's it's just I can't I can't say yes. We are going to win the game.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, so. you're you're both going to this game, right?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: Okay. I was gonna say that you'd be out of your your mind. Not to be going to an open. I
1: called my ticket, or I emailed my ticket rep as soon as we won against Dallas at like one o'clock in the morning, and said reserve my seat right now.
0: (laughs) I am actually trying to get out of work early to make sure I'm there for everything. Yeah.
2: Um, I don't know. The, the, the closest experience I've really had to, to this type of moment, I mean, was last year during the, the, the final game against Chicago where, you know, the supporter shield's on the line. And, and I will say this. I, I'm excited for both of you that you get to experience that moment with your team because it, it's a special moment. I mean, you guys, it, clearly, I don't know if the, the stakes are as high. It's I mean, puberty, Noah. <laughs> the stakes are high, but I don't know if it's the, it's quite the same desperation stakes are high that last year was for, for a lot of New York fans. I mean, as much as it's joked about, and you guys can keep saying 18 years, there's nobody who realizes how long that was besides New York fans.
0: And, Fuck and I mean, you. Well, I mean. Philadelphia sports uh, fans. I was 18 when the Phillies won the World Series, so. Yeah, I kind of. from the World Series on my goddamn birthday. Okay, well you win. So that... <laughs> so that no, no, no. You have to understand, they hadn't won it in my entire lifetime. I mean, same for you, Mike. I know, but you no, know you don't understand how, what it's like to watch, you know, some schmucks in blue and red, who play in New Jersey, and all the New York fans cheering, while you're there, like. My mom bought me this green and silver hoodie, and I'm not really sure what's going on right now. (laughs) Why is everybody laughing at me? Uh, And then have that happen to you for 23 years.
2: No, and I understand that.
0: And then there's Mr. Johnny come lately to the Red Bull. Oh, yes, I can't believe they chant that about us all the time. It's a shame. It's a shame. We got got it. it. We got our hardware. We got our hardware.
2: Let me. Oh, let me, oh. See, and you think it's ow. you think it's. See, and and this is where I think the big misconception comes from Philly fans. Why you think that annoys New York fans? Um, you think
0: I don't care why it why it annoys you. I only care that it annoys. I don't, I don't. It <laughs> annoys you. Huh. I don't even care if it annoys you. <laughs> Due to <laughs> having too much fun in '73, <laughs> I can't even remember why it annoys you. Fair enough.
2: So, it, it, I think there's a, a the misconception is like why why there, there's why that that kind of you, it's it's not even the fact that like other teams say it to us because you don't have to it, you don't have to remind us. Like,
1: That's the point of being a rival or opposing fan. It's to remind you of things you don't want to be reminded of.
2: You don't see, but that's the thing. But
1: Chester, we play in Chester. I'm through it
0: all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get
2: that. But see, the thing with with the New York thing is the, is as bad as you guys think that channel is, and like, it's so much worse than the closed message boards, where you actually get to see like the hardcore New York fans talk about it. That is a moment, like, we know it's 18 years. A lot, we're reminded of it every time somebody mispasses the ball in a closed message board. How bad this team has been for so many years.
0: I like to think that the Red Bull uh, message board is kind of like Andy from Parks and Recreations. How so? I'm not crying, I'm just allergic to jerks. Yeah, it, it, there's, moments <clears throat> where,
2: there's moments where it seems like that. But you know, the one thing I will say about Tuesday is to just take it all in. Take every moment from kickoff, and, and oh, I you really
0: know, even, even if the game goes against us, I'm going to be able to impregnate the wind. You know me.
2: Yeah, I hope so. Because I mean, there, there's that moment where you you realize now. You know, with with the other sport that you mentioned, you know, football. Yeah, I've seen the New York Giants win two Super Bowls. I did it from the comfort of my own home, well, friends' homes, both times. Because um, I was
1: in Times Square for one of those in a Flyers jersey. So that was great.
0: <laughs> Wait, what? I taking his life into his own hands it was in Philadelphia.
1: This before I was up watching a I went up there for a Flyers-Rangers game in mid-February. Mm-hmm. Flyers lost to the Rangers 5-2 in Madison Square Garden. And I was at a bar in Times Square as the Patriots lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Wearing a flyer jersey.
2: How did you even make it out of the city?
0: I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't like to talk about it.
2: <laughs> Cakes
0: were you? tapped, men I... were used. That's all you need to know, Noah.
2: <laughs> I can't even imagine the boundless harassment that you received.
0: That bad. It was bad.
2: <laughs> I just can't even. I can't even fathom it because I know it was going to be bad.
0: So hold on a second, Mike. Are you kind of confessing to being Kurt Russell right now? No.
2: Oh, he doesn't get escape from New York. No, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I'm just not it. I'm not digging. Apparently, he's not digging the Kurt Russell thing. No, it, it, just being there for it though. See, like being from the comfort, like, and New York City would have been a cool experience to be in the city for that. But even being with other Giants fans, watching those games, and really getting to enjoy it, it was still not the same as being there live and watching your team. Ho- hoist you know a trophy even and even when Mike McGee scored I don't know if I've ever with as much vitriol screamed obscenities at somebody for scoring and in that moment and his little taunt and I don't know that I've ever cheered as hard when he you know duffed his foot and limped afterwards because he had taken a shot wrong and you know caught too much ground and left a divot yeah there was a special moment to that. It was the cup final, the hype before the game, the hype during the tailgate, just the absolute buzz of energy of seeing people. Like, I, I got to see Mark Fishkin that day and talk to him for a little bit right before the game and stuff. And just seeing and, – and Fishkin's been a Red Bull fan for all 18 years. I mean, you know, from the Metro, day, the Metro Star days on. And just to see the overwhelming joy in his face and a little bit of apprehension and tension. But, you know, just that – that buzz of energy that went around that day. It, it, it's such a cool thing to see your team compete at that level, like to know that, hey, we're going – this is a possibility. And, and it's going to be the same thing. So, it, you know, again, just small, just take it all in. I mean, get a little drunk. Not too drunk you want to remember it the next day. But hopefully it goes well for you guys. I there There is nothing – if I had to pick a team where I would say – they're going to have to revoke my uh, Viking Army membership card after I say this, but it's, there's a team I have to pick that I'd rather see win it for their fan base because I think their fan base appreciates it on a better level, I hope Philadelphia wins it.
1: That's like the uh, Red Bull fan in that. I don't know if you've seen it. Sean, I'm sure you've seen it. The preview for the Sons of Bed movie.
0: Yes.
1: Um, and there's like they do the little Philly-New York rivalry from the game like two, three years ago. Yeah. And the one Red Bull fan goes, if I wasn't a Red Bull fan, I'd be a son of Ben. And I was like, just just take off the hat right now, like. <laughs> it's, so, um,
2: but no, it, it's uh, we actually laugh at some of those Red Bull fans because some of that uh the, the that that Sons of Ben movie was shot not near the supporter section. Oh, it none was, as it was. It, it's all not it, it It's all on the other and end of the stadium. People walking through the concourse. Yeah, and, and none of them are like the ones that would go. Who's Philly? We fucking hate D.C. <laughs> like, you know, somebody. They're, they're all getting angry
1: at Billy and it was really, it was, it was great.
2: Yeah, and, and a lot of those are actually, a lot of those are uh, uh, New York Giants fans or something that have come over from football and stuff, and and that's where a lot of the new blood that hates Philly actually comes from. It's because they've come from either a football or a baseball background where that, that rivalry still really, or a hockey background where you really hate Philadelphia, that that it's weird to see people bring in their preconceived notions of that rivalry, including what every Philly fan is bringing to know. Yeah. And, and that's, it's, it's a weird dynamic Philly, New York right now in soccer. I mean, eventually I think it will get to the levels of football. I think we'll get, we'll get that moment where somebody gets red carded like last night. And, you know, right afterwards, players are getting chippy and shoving each other and, you know, one of the coaches is cursing out a referee at the end of the game. I mean, where you have those, where it could go either way, and that seems to be the determining factor. You know, in reality, you never really knew which way it was going. Um, but no, I think Philly will get there. It's just not. But so, if I had to pick a team though for Tuesday night, I'm, I'm really, and I won't give a prediction because I'm afraid I'll jinx the game. <laughs> At this point, if I if I give a prediction. But I, I, I think Philly's fan base, not that they deserve it more. But I think but we deserve,
0: deserve it more.
2: I think you'll appreciate it more. And, and I think that's the more important. I think that means more. It's Plus, it's on home turf to win it in front of you. I hope the team's fired up. And I think they will be. I think they'll be fired up Tuesday. I think you'll actually see a game very similar to the last time New York came down there. Because when Philly wants to play and they are fired up to play, they can be world beaters. That. Yeah, I, I do. I really think that they play us very well when we come down to Philly. I mean, they have made it a point ever since that ado game, where you know we won three one. That's not. It's going to be tough for us to win there again. And we're going to earn points if we earn them down there. It's not going to be you know where a game gets out of hand and gets away from them. They the team themselves have made that their objective. New York does not come in and play well here. Doesn't matter what kind of season you're having. You guys could be bottom of the table. Three points to your name, and I still think every time New York comes down there since that game, they are going to fight for it, and it will make the rivalry stronger because of it. But it's kind of disheartening. But yeah, I, think,
1: yeah, as, as we've said before, it'll take that game happening in New York.
2: Yeah, where you know New York puts down their foot. You know, it'll take the opposite. It will take the ado game to happen in New York, where yeah, that's what I meant. Like, Yeah, where we feel like we got robbed, and then the team will put its foot down, and say never again. We're not. We're not doing that here. and uh, But uh, I think Tuesday, I think we might see that Philly team again against Seattle. I hope to see that Philly team where they're going to be amped up off of you guys. They're amped up because they're in a final. Yeah, maybe Seattle's won it and they might show some composure. But, eh, fuck it. I'd rather see the team that's willing to risk it and try to win it. And if that comes down to it and it costs them, at least they tried, then there's no fun in playing safe. So I, how many people are actually has, has the number been released? How many people are actually going to 14.
1: that game? Oh, it was at 8,500. Um, that was three weeks ago. I have not seen any figure since. Same.
2: Gotcha. I I hope how many how many does PPL sit? Is that 14, 18, 18, 18? 18. So I mean you've got a decent start. To I mean I'd love to see that stadium full. Weeknight games are kind of harsh, and it's the Open Cup, so. It's yeah, awful.
1: that's the thing that worries me. Because I actually did look on, the like, if you go on the new website and look, look buy tickets,
0: mm-hmm. you can
1: use your own seat. And there's a few more open open seats than I would like right now.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm not going to sit there and count every one. But there's a couple sections that are pretty scarce, uh, like corners and such. But um, I, I think it'll be, well, there'll be a lot of people that'll, that'll go down there and buy tickets for the game. It'll be close to full if not full.
2: Yeah, and I think it, I think you'll probably get a couple more fans, cause, I mean, I, I, Philly fans show up for the New York game, so that state, you know, PPL will be packed out this weekend. I and think it'll
1: make a... If that I mean, game goes, if we do win that game,
2: we'll oh, buy tickets to
1: yep. open Cup as well, and yeah.
2: Yep. I, I think even if you don't win against New York, there'll be more open cup advertising going on that day and stuff, and I think you'll get more ticket sales. I think you'll see a decent turnout. I mean, I, I, I really would like to go down and, uh, Hopefully the next time the Open Cup's in the East Coast, it's, you know, up in New York hosting the final. That would be awesome, and then I'll get to go. But, unfortunately, uh, real life takes over. So New York,
1: you mean the Cosmos hosting
2: it. Oh, that's – oh, Cosmos playing Long Island. So, New York State. (laughs) Oh, it's New York State. We're going to get it. Come on, really? Are we going to call the New York Giants and the New York Jets and the New Jersey Giants and the New Jersey Jets? You probably do already. Uh, yeah, I already know. <laughs> Never mind. it's I okay, Noah. I'm, I
0: appreciate your love for the Nye Mets.
2: Uh, the NY Mets. Uh, after today's allegations, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be a Mets fan. Wait, wait, what Come are
0: to on? Philadelphia. The season lasts the whole three games longer.
2: <laughs> oh, you haven't heard yet, Mike? No, the, uh, I haven't. Wilpon Wilpon, Wilpon is being sued by a female employee who claims she was sexually harassed and then fired for being sexually harassed after she complained to HR. So that's just disgusting, if true. It's uh, shame on
1: Wilpon. I don't care how bad the Phillies are. The Mets always outdo them. They always one-up them in the shitty department, somehow, even if it's not on the field. They yeah. always put up somehow.
0: Oh yeah, they... again, it's professional sports. They don't have a video of it. It didn't happen clearly. Oh well. Ray Rice wasn't wasn't fired because he beat his wife. He was fired because a video of him beating his wife was released.
2: No, you're absolutely correct. We all know. Chris Rock
0: got it right. So
2: we all yeah. we all know why that happened. John Stewart.
1: John Stewart's little bit on it was amazing. Yes. Yes.
2: I haven't actually seen the Daily Show bit on it, and I'm going to have to look that up after we get done recording. Um, with that, we've talked a while. Let me get predictions for Tuesday night. No.
0: No? Fuck no. yourself. I'm
2: I am so proud of both of you right now. I just got told no and go fuck myself. Maybe that's the best way to end this show. Uh, with that, this has been an episode of Red and Blue Hate Yellow. I have been your host, Noah
0: Hoteling. Junior co-pilot, Sean McGovern. And? Might pass off. <laughs> we'll read <we're> it. And of action!
2: <laughs> um, this has again been Run Blue Hate Yellow. Thanks for listening, folks. Um, See you in
0: Paradise.